Good morning. I'm Emily Reese, and today I'm speaking with sommelier Jill Mott from Henry and & Son. And uh, Jill, we're talking about a little Oktoberfest today. Hello. It's getting to be that time of year. Good morning. Yes, it is. So what do you want to talk about in terms of Oktoberfest? First of all, will you tell us what it means? Yes, it means a fest in October. What? <laughs> uh, that's yeah, where yeah. we're going with this today, huh? Okay. Yeah, so it's, no, it's, it's, it's a festival... Uh, that takes place every year, obviously not this year due to the pandemic, but it takes every year, uh, takes place every year in October in Munich, on the outskirts of Munich in Bavaria in southern Germany. And the origins of the beer actually come before the festival. Um, the festival is, you know, there are horse races and it was to commemorate a proposal slash wedding that happened in October. Um, and they, they, of course, invited uh, a lot of the citizens to come and witness, you know, these races and these celebrations. And they served a beer. And they decided to replicate this festival every year since, I think, 1810 or 1812, something like that. And it's, so, of course, the beer is called Oktoberfest, as is the, the festival. Now, the origins of the beer are a little bit older um, and, and, and fascinating, really, because they think that a beer sort of in this style has been made since, you know, around the 1500s, you know, 16th century, just kind of depending on source you consult, give or take a century. And in the mid-1500s, there was a brewing decree in Bavaria that said you could only brew from September to April. Why? Because probably someone was making money on taxes doing it that way, honestly. But um, so what happened? You know, if anybody that rotates stuff in their pantry or their freezer knows that if you're brewing beer in September, you're going to, and, and, and you know, through that time, you're going to drink the beer that was brewed in September 1st, October next, you know, December, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, so in April, or, or beer that was brewed at the latter part of that cycle, so brewing, you can brew from September to April, beer that was brewed in March was going to have to be cellared slash lagered in caves, underground, in a really cool place all summer long. So those beers were likely just a little bit hoppier and just a little bit higher alcohol. And what would happen is we think that beers, we call Oktoberfest beers, like nowadays we brew them specifically for this time of year. Then when they were brewing beers in March, what happened? In September and October, they were like, we got to get rid of this beer to make room for the next beer that's going to start being brewed in September. So they would be like, they would offload it at the Oktoberfest. So what was originally what we think of as being a beer that, you know, kind of commemorates this time of year and it's good to drink with foods this time of year, etc., was really they were cleaning the cellar to make room for the new beer that was brewed in September, October, you know, November, is that, does that make sense? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. why they call it Oktoberfest beer, because it was served at Oktoberfest. But really, they were just cleaning the pantry. Yeah. <laughs> and making room for new beer. So sure. I, wanted to, I wanted to give people a little, just a, a quick, maybe three or four suggestions of ones to seek out. Because the ones that are served at the festival um, are not bad beers. They're delicious beers. They're macro, you know, they're, they're produced on a very grand scale in Munich. And those are the ones that are kind of tried and true, but they're also, you know, they're highly industrial beers. Mm. So kind of macro beers, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so I would urge people to seek out, if you really want a true experience, 
find, and you can find them all over town. We have them at Henry and Son, they have them at South Lindale, they have them at Thomas Liquors, they have them all over, but it's called Einger. And I'll put that up online for you. Um, but Einger, they brew in Bavaria an Oktoberfest. Sometimes they're called Marzens because they were brewed in March and consumed in October. And Oktoberfests need to be, they're always a little bit on the amber side, maybe a little bit more even amber, not dark. They're usually a lager, so they're um, going to be fairly light in the mouth and not have a ton of weight to them. And they're going to be have a low to medium hop bitterness. And you're not really, hardly ever going to get noble hop aromas like you would from, say, an IPA or a pale ale. The, the, the bitterness is going to be just nice enough to balance that slightly maltier profile. And then the alcohol is always going to be in, on the medium to low side. So between like 5 and 6% is, I think, what the international standard is for uh, Oktoberfest. That said, one of the producers that I'm going to mention today makes an ale that's more than 6%. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's just in their style, what their take on it is. So Einger is about a 5.8% alcohol beer. It is the blueprint. It's everything I just said at A-plus levels. If you look at, like, beeradvocate.com, blah, 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 they get, like, a gazillion points. Um, <laughs> and great, great, great beer. Um, another another one that hits the mark and is very traditional, it tastes beautiful, um, and very close to what we would get in, in out of the Einger, but our own little take is Surly. Surly makes a great fest beer. I Hesitate to recommend them because they just sell themselves anyway, but it really is <laughs> a great local effort. Um, as is if you go across the river and get into Wisconsin, for those of you that are traveling that way on and off on the weekends now, um, New Glarus, they have a beer called Staghorn, and it's their Oktoberfest that they do every year, and it's gorgeous. Gore, gore, gorgeous. Um, one that is not too terribly traditional, but it's it's still a really, really fun beer, uh, is called Carbon 4 out of um, Madison. The producer. Uh, yeah, yep. yeah. We're going to talk about their Oktoberfest, which is like a, they make an ale that's fermented at lager temperatures, so fermented very cool, and then it's aged on a little bit of some French and American oak staves, and that gives it just like this little bit of extra richness, a little bit of extra kick. They hop it a little bit more. And so we're over 6% alcohol here. But that's like a really fun style that you get this amber color and you get an ale. But it's done with oak, um, which is not very common with, uh, at least in present day for Oktoberfest. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are just a few, a few suggestions for delicious beers that are perfect for this time of year and also very commemorative. Yeah, and it sounds like relatively easy to find as well. Yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of beers are, uh, a lot of Oktoberfests are, are quite easy to find. And some shops, they'll break up like a six-pack or a four-pack, and they have like little sections of like, uh, you know, make your own six-pack or make your own four-pack. I know Elevated is really good at that. Mm -hmm. um, Zips is really good at that. And that's a really fun way to, you know, go, I think when you walk into Zips, they actually have like front and center a big stand that has like all of their broken six packs for Oktoberfest. That's a really fun way to just, you know, grab six or grab 12 and, you know, get together with some friends, social distance, grill some brats and taste, <laughs> taste through some fun beer. 
That sounds absolutely amazing. And uh, we'll get those uh, names of those beers up online for you to check out if you're interested. And Jill Mott, sommelier, we'll have you back in two weeks. Thank you so much for talking with us today. Thanks for having me.